Well, it's just a treat and a pleasure to minister tonight in the great Life Tabernacle Auditorium, the church that made Baton Rouge famous. Amen. When I think of Baton Rouge, I think of this church. And it's just a treat to get to be here. And I want to compliment Brother Spell on his excellent choice of ministers for this meeting. And say that it's just real good to be here. I'm a little weary <clears throat> in mind and uh, body. My computer is not putting out the information quite as fast as I would like for it to. I probably should be teaching a Bible class tonight instead of trying to preach. But I'm, uh, since I see that with all the money you spent on this building, you didn't have enough for a clock, I'll uh, try to be aware of the, the time here and uh, get you out in time to get a good night's rest. And if you don't, <clears throat> in time for me to get a good night's rest. I'm kind of like the mosquito that landed on a big fat lady. I, I know what to do. I just don't really know where to start. <laughs> so if you'll bear with me, I'll kind of feel around here till I find what to do. <clears throat> Well, I see everybody's awake. <clears throat> I'll test you again in about 30 minutes and see where you're at. <laughs> Praise God. Well, we're looking forward to camp meeting this week. And uh, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap. Praise God. I'll tell you what I'm going to have to do here tonight. I'm going to have to pretend that I'm home. I, I, I fight a severe mental block, and people bother me. <clears throat> but I can hypnotize myself on the spot, and I'm going to pretend like I'm home. And of course, that's going to be hard to do. We've got Kmart's smaller than this in my town. <laughs> my church is 60 by 90. And you could almost put it on the platform here. Uh, so I'm not used to preaching in big churches. So I'm going to have to psych myself and just act like I'm home here tonight. And uh, y'all don't mind me, all right? I, I've been practicing. I've learned how to say y'all and uh, grits and... Uh, and over yonder, and uh, several things I've been working on, trying to make myself kind of fit in and more comfortable while I'm down here. Oh, y'all like that, huh? <clears throat> I'm going to be reading tonight. My God, they got power in that mic. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. You might stand. This will probably be the last time you'll get to refresh yourself for another couple hours. Tell you what, I'm going to give it my best shot tonight. And they told me that a church is for having church, and I plan to have church here tonight. You know, they do that in my town. This is normally what they're after, but he, he walked off with the Bible. All right. And I, I am thrilled with where God has put us. I'm thrilled with this thing called the church. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Let me begin reading with verse number 21. Ephesians chapter 5, and for those of you having problems, that's right after chapter 4. Verse number 21. <clears throat> Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. 
Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, as unto the Lord. For the wife is the head of the husband. Well, I see that people are waking up here. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Now this is talking to us a little bit about husbands and wives, and you'll never understand the relationship between Christ and the church until you can appreciate the relationship between a husband and a wife. This in its entirety is not my message tonight, so just unlax, okay? But I, I will say this much while I'm here. I've pastored now for about 14 years. And in my short pastorate, I have found out that people that have problems at home have problems in church. Husbands and wives that have friction at home, they have problems living for God. And you do yourself a favor when you stay in love. Can you say amen? Some of y'all, surely some of you men remember what that word is. I know it's a four-letter word, but you remember what it is, love. You'll never appreciate the relationship between Christ and the church if you don't love your wife. And he is the Savior of the body. That means he gave himself, went overboard to help her. Just like you go overboard to help your wife when she needs your help. Husbands, love your wives. It's a shame men have to be told to love their wife. You know, y'all wouldn't be guilty of this, but up north, I pastor in the city of South Bend where there is a large, I mean an extremely large percentage of Polish people. Wonderful people. Got a brother-in-law that's Polish. With people like Milosevic, Bichkowski, Bitterkowski, and all them. In your church, you're very, very careful about what you say about Polacks. If you're a good Polak and you die, if you come back to life again, if it's not in heaven, it'll be in South Bend. That's how strong our Polish community is. But husbands have to be told to love their wives. And I have to tell the people in our church, love your wife. Now, surely you don't have any problems down here, you know, all these folks down there, they all love one another. But some folks in my town, they find fault with their wife no matter what she was like. One guy I know in particular is married to the prettiest girl in the whole church, and he fusses and gripes at her all the time. I mean, she's a knockout as far as physical beauty is concerned. Listen to me, sir. Your wife could have Marilyn Monroe's face, Barbara Mandrell's voice, and Dolly Parton's money and you'd still fuss at her. Some folks aren't happy. <laughs> well, you're still awake, I see that. Love one another. As Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might present it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, 
So I hate myself. Oh, you're a liar. You hate yourself? How come when the light turns red, you get out of the intersection? If a car comes, you jump out of the street. Hmm? You don't stand in front of a train coming down the railroad track and say, Well, I hate myself. I'm just going to stand here. If you hate yourself, how come you don't leave your thumb on a nail when you're hammering it? You don't hate yourself. The Bible said you don't do it. All right? Verse 31, 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. My subject tonight is found in verse 27, very familiar portion of Scripture, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Everyone said, Praise the Lord! God bless you, you may be seated. I want tonight to preach on a glorious church. There are three presentations in Holy Writ. There is the personal presentation, Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Personal. There is an official presentation. 2 Corinthians 11, 2, Paul said, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste version to Christ. And number three, a divine presentation, which I have just read, speaking about Christ, that he might present it to himself, or present to himself a glorious church. Yes. Let me say tonight that everything that God touches is glorious. Everywhere God puts his foot, it's glorious. Everywhere he puts his name, it becomes glorious. Everywhere he dwells, that place is glorious. And I, I'm here tonight to preach to those of you who have been too modest and have been too ashamed in the past to brag on where God has put you. I am here tonight to preach to spiritual wimps who take the tuckhead about this place that God has put you in. And I am here tonight to preach to critics of an apostolic church. I want the heartbeat of this assembly to know that God has favored you above all men and established you in a place that He calls glorious. I'm not interested in your personal impression or your personal definition of this establishment. The only thing that I care to tell you is that God called it glorious. And if God calls it glorious, then what, regardless of what you say about it, this is a glorious church. I'm not interested in your definition. All I want to know is, God, what do you think about this place? How do you feel about it? Is it glorious or not? God call it glorious. As long as you live, there's going to be critics. As long as you live, there's going to be folks look at you with a raised eyebrow. Someone's going to sit in your congregation with a crossed arm. Someone's going to look at you out of a side glance as you walk up and, up, the, up and down the aisles with your hands raised in the air praising God. Somebody's going to be there to find fault. And as long as there's men, there's faults. As long as there's mortals, there's problems. But I tell you, my definition of the church is not recorded here. All I'm interested in is what does God think about this place? And if God calls it glorious, you better elevate your estimation. You don't walk in here like you're walking to Kmart's. You don't come here like you're going to the grocery store. God call it a glorious church. Praise God. Starting to feel a little better here. The original state of man was that he was dead and in trespasses and sin. The final state 
of the born-again man is that he becomes part of a glorious church. Hallelujah to God. I am reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 7. Begin reading. I'm not going to wait for you to turn with me. I'm going to try to hurry right along here. But if the ministration of death, that just simply means the law, written and engraven in stones was glorious. Paul writing here to the church at Corinth, he said if the ministration of death, the law, all the law did was condemn you. All the law did was condemn mankind and say, Thou shalt, thou shalt not. If he, he said, If that which was engraven and written in stone, if that was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious. He's saying the Spirit can't help but be more glorious than that. For if the ministration of condemnation, if that be glory, much more, everybody say much more, much more, doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. Progressive verb in an ETH means, meaning to continue to excel. It just keeps on getting gooder and gooder and gooder. For if that which is done away was glorious, if that which in the Old Testament died and no longer exists, if that was glorious, much more. Much more that which remaineth. Progressive, ver uh, progressive verb ending ETH, many continue to remain. It still remains. That which remaineth is glorious. I submit to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that that which we have in our very midst here is more glorious than anything they had in days of old. You say, Brother Ballesteros, I would have loved to have been with Elijah in the chariot. I would have loved to have been with him on Mount Carmel. I would have loved to have been with David when he killed the giant. I would have loved to have been with Noah when he was building on the ark. I would have loved to have walked with Ezekiel and watched him preach to the dry bones. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said that which we have today is much more glorious than that which they had in their day. Get your head up in the air. Quit taking the tuck head about what you got. Quit apologizing for who you are. What you have is much more glorious than what they had in their generation. Much more. Here we mealy mouth around. We apologize for who we are. We apologize for what we have. Get your head up in the air. Be proud of who you are. We, what we have is a glorious church. The Bible said it's much more. Today is better than yesterday. Oh, Brother Ballesterrell, what we need to do, what we need is to go back 40 years to Bush Harbors. What we need is to go back, I tell you, we've lost all of our power. I've heard people criticize and knock things. I, I understand what you're saying, but you remember this much. The Bible does not lie. The Word of God does not deviate nor lie. It says it continues to remain. And what we have is much more glorious than what they had in the days of the Old Testament. So get your head back up in the air. Get your arms back in the, towards heaven. Start praising God again. Thanking Him for the fact that He has put you in a glorious church. When you walk in here, get a little swagger to you. Get a little thankfulness. Come to church with joy and appreciation. Come with a little spring in your heels saying, I was glad when they said unto me, Let's go to the house of the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. My Lord, I feel like I want to try to preach a little bit here tonight. Not feeling near as tired as I was. 
You know, Romans 8, 21 talks about glorious liberty. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 talks about a glorious gospel. Colossians 1 and 11 speaks of glorious power. Nehemiah 9 and 5 talks about a glorious name. Isaiah 30, 30 speaks of a glorious voice. I'm trying to say everything about God is glorious. God never done anything halfway in his life. Everywhere he turns is glorious. Everything he touches turns to glory. Everything about him is glory. John said when we, be, we, when we looked at him, we beheld his glory. They're the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah, there was glory everywhere we looked. We saw glory, we felt the glory. We recognized the glory. What we need to do tonight is recognize that the glory of God is here. Recognize that his name is here. It's not glorious because I'm here. It's not glorious because you're here. But it's glorious because he's here. He makes it glorious. The number that you have on a register doesn't make it a glorious church. The number of Sunday school buses you have parked in a lot doesn't make it a glorious church. The number that you got singing in the choir doesn't make it a glorious church. The fact that the preacher wears his collar backwards doesn't make him a glorious preacher or a glorious church. The fact that you got money people in a congregation doesn't make it a glorious church. It's glorious because his power's here. Because his name's here. Because his revelation's here. It's glorious because he's here. I'll show you. Let me show you. Isaiah chapter 60. Now, finish reading this and I'll try to stay away from reading for a while. And try to preach a little bit. 60 verse number 13. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I... And I will make the place of my feet glorious. Oh, you said, Brother Ballester, the Bible said, Heaven's his throne and earth is his footstool. God's talking about making the whole world glorious. No, he's not. He's talking about making the church glorious. I'll show you. First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse number 2. David's talking here. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God and had made ready for the building. David said, I was fixing to build God a footstool. I was going to build a house of God. I was going to make a sanctuary. Praise God. Praise God. And Psalms 132 and verse number 7. But it says, we will go to his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool. God said, I'm going to make my footstool glorious. The place where I just set down my number 10 D's. And I put them down there. I'm going to make that place glorious. Everywhere God steps becomes glorious. When God walks up and down these aisles, he's making the place glorious. It's not glorious because we're here. As much as I like some of y'all, it's not glorious because we're here. But it's glorious because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is here. Get it in your head, honey. It's glorious because he made it glorious. I've never made anything glorious in my life. Everything I've ever touched is messed up. Everything I touch, it turns to mud nearly. But whatever God touches, turns to glory. He takes an old life and he touches it and they become glorious. Takes an old sinner, a drunk, and he touches them. And something glorious happens to them. I say, God's made this a glorious church. It's not glorious because of programs. It's not glorious because of auxiliaries. It's not glorious because of promotions. But it's glorious because of His name. It's glorious because of the gospel. That beautiful gospel of Acts 2.38. Soul-saving gospel. Gospel that changes life instantly, in one night, completely, thoroughly, gloriously. 
It's glorious because of the foundations. It's glorious because of its promise. It's glorious because of its position. It's glorious because of its power. Everything about this is glorious. It's glorious. He made it glorious. Let me have your glasses. I see you. You're looking. That's about the way you look, too. Yeah. You know, some people couldn't see the wheat for the tares. Well, I'm pray the Lord to heal you. You're blind, you know that? My God, heal this man. Jesus' name. Heal me, Lord. You can't see the roses for the thorns. And you can't see the glorious church. Because all you see is one person. You. I can't even see you, brother. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> him. He's the reason. It'd be a glorious church if it wasn't for him. He's shaking his head. He knows it. <laughs> All you can do is find fault. All you can do is look. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, ha I found a tear. <laughs> See, it ain't glorious after all. So what does that do? Justify you? My microphone's burping. Oh, okay. Give it an Alka-Seltzer and pray for it in Jesus' name. What church you go to, young man? It says Life Tabernacle Church. I thought you might know what church you went to. Oh, thank you. What kind of church is it? Hmm? Is it a good church? You think it's pretty good, huh? Hallelujah. Huh. You know... If all your children hear is you make comments and snide remarks about the church, they're going to grow up with a pretty poor opinion of what the church is all about. But if they see mom and dad bragging on the preacher, bragging on the church, bragging on the brothers and sisters, they're going to grow up with a healthy attitude of what church is all about. Little kids, little kids remember what they hear mom and dad talk about. Now, how in God's name are you going to get these youngins to believe God when they need prayer if you've been running the preacher down? It won't be many years they're going to need a friend. They're going to need to take some preaching and teaching if you want to see them saved. So you need to learn to take your hands off of them and let the man of God be able to help them and lead them and guide them. If he needs to talk to him, correct him. You mom and dads, just stay out of it. Kids, get over it. They'll live. Everything will be all right. That one was free. I don't know what that was for, but there it is. Still a glorious church. You like this church? You what? I love it. Do you now? How do you feel about it? So-so, huh? Well, then say it like you mean it. I love it, too. Is that the last you can say I love it? <laughs> it's not glorious because of the chandeliers. It's not glorious because of the carpet. Not glorious because of the archways and the pillars. Because of the lights and the air conditioning. Dear God, I don't even have air conditioning in my church. We just come out and sweat for Jesus. <laughs> Cheaper to buy nose plugs. Keep them smelling somebody else's B.O. than just buy air conditioning. <laughs> Ushers pass out songbooks and deodorant and cologne when you come in the door. Well, that may not be the whole truth. I might back up on that just a little. But it's not glorious because of...
of a padded pew. Oh, you say, oh, I just love this church. This is a wonderful church. Is it wonderful because you have a nice building? Is it wonderful because you have talent and ability here second to none in the nation? Is it, is it a glorious church because of the ability of the people that's here and those that you fellowship with? Or do you recognize it as a glorious church because this is where God is? It'd still be glorious if it was a storefront. It'd still be a glorious church. If it was an old run-down pine building, if God was here, it would still be glorious. Lord, you appreciate it for what it is. It's glorious because God makes it glorious. It's glorious because His power's here. Because salvation's felt here. Because souls can still be saved at these altars. A glorious church. The devil don't like you getting enthused about the church. The devil don't like you falling in love with the church. The devil don't like to hear you say, I love the church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him a while. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Now you come to church. If it wasn't for old baby blue sport coat here, I could live for God. Huh? Wasn't for a sister old white dress, I believe I could make it. You know how we are. Folks are folks everywhere. Oh, yeah. I said, folks are folks everywhere. I started out evangelizing in 1963 in this state, preached my first revival in Lunida, Louisiana. Preached nine nights. They gave me $4.65, had a standing vote the last night whether or not to raise it up to $5 out of the ladies' auxiliary fund. I passed my first election, got 30 extra 35 cents. Put $3.50 worth of gas in the car. I'm sorry. Paid $3.50 to call home, told my dad about it, had a good laugh, put a dollar's worth of gas in the car, 35 cents for a cheeseburger, 15 cents for a Coke, no tax, and went on down the road. Broke till the next time. Of course, the gas was 19 cents a gallon then, and that old 55 Ford, I'd go another 100 miles or so. And that was living, eating high on hog. Big time. I found out that folks that have problems back when I first started preaching are just like folks have problems today. You drive a nicer cars, live in nicer homes, but the inside is the same and the thinking's still the same. But your opinion of this church or wherever God happens, some of you, if you happen to go to other churches, other Pentecostal churches in the area, come down for this camp meeting. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glad to have you. But your opinion of your home church, if it's a, if a, if it's a right church, a proper church, that preaches this gospel, this message, this doctrine, I don't know what it looks like. But your opinion of the church better be a glorious opinion. You better give it... You better give it raving reviews wherever you go. Quit taking the tuckhead. Where do you go to church? Oh, I, I go over there to Life Tabernacle, Brother Spells, my pastor. And you, and you say it like you got mush in your mouth. I see you. You're sitting down there praying. Praying. You're the big boy. Yeah, you know I big boy, big boy restaurants down here? Shoney's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows about Shoney's. They call them Azars in my country. I think you're supposed to shoot just name man. Looks like you're wiping your eyebrow. You know when you just supposed to shoot just name man. I went to Nashville, Tennessee to maybe it was Memphis. I forgot what it was. Anyway, the conference in '63. Memphis, thank you. 
And I walked up to the counter, and there were some boys from Tennessee that happened to show up. There was about five of them sitting just Walgreens. Y'all, y'all have Walgreens down here? said that he's from the conference. And I had my name tag on, said I was from the conference. So the waitress knew that I was from the same place they was from. They got their hamburgers, honey. Howdy, Father, thank you for this food. My God, you've been good to us today. Lord, I thank you for that good message I heard Brother So-and-So preach. And prayed for the missionaries, and prayed for the president, and prayed for the heads of state. I mean, prayed for everybody up and down the organizational list. I had my seat turned down as far as it would go, but it wasn't like in piano benches. It wouldn't only get so far, you know. <laughs> I, I pray for my food, too, but I, I don't make a fool out of myself and everybody else. Thank you. I don't believe in being an idiot, but you can be enthused. And you can stay appreciative of where God has put you. Grateful for the fact that He's put you in the greatest and the most blessed and the most glorious place in God's earth. He's put you in the church of Jesus Christ. Baptized you in His name. Baptized you of the water and of the Spirit. Filled you with the Holy Ghost. Speaking with other tongues. And got you ready for the rapture. That ought to make you raise your hands every now and then and say, Thank God I'm in the church. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Instead of looking to see what we can find glorious about it, we look to see what fault we can find with it. Instead of seeing what good's going on here, we try to find out what problem's going on. Listen to me, as long as there's people, there's going to be problems. As long as there's flesh, there's going to be faults. You're going to have to get your eyes up off the water, Peter. You're going to have to get your eyes above people, the saint of God, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Look unto Him. Let people do what they will, but recognize God's put you in a glorious church. Let the heathen rage. Let the critics talk on. They're only hurting themselves and robbing themselves of a blessing. But if you've got the Holy Ghost in your soul, nobody can take away from you what God's put in there. You know, I've tried a little bit of everything in life. Lived in Oklahoma for a couple of years, and I was a realtor, real estate broker. Actually, I was—I had a license to have my own shop, but I stayed with this one company, was sales manager there for a while, trying to put bread and butter on the table while I was trying to start a church. I've worked uh, as outside sales for electronics company that had two customers, two dealers, and I built them up to about 300 working part-time. I worked for U.S. Industries, sold everything from Crystal to Chevrolet's. What I'm trying to say is, I know what it's like to be a representative of a company. And when you are a company rep, if people don't like you, they won't buy your product.
So you are representative of the company. Now God's put us all together. Look at us. Ain't we a mess? And God called this a glorious church. God surely had a mistake, made a mistake somewhere. Look at this guy. See this knot? It's as big as his head. Now, what I'm doing here tonight, I don't want these brethren to take me wrong. What I'm trying to show you is that I could stand every one of you and you could stand me up here. And every one of us could look until we found a fault with somebody. Y'all hear me? Take that to the county fair. You'll get a ribbon for that. How you doing, Curly? My Lord. Look at that red. What's so bad about losing your hair? God gave every man a certain amount of male hormones. If they want to use theirs for growing hair, that's their business. Look at this guy. He ain't even got a tie on. He's embarrassed. But pull your hands apart. Look at that. Uh, my Lord. Look at them belt buckles. You don't have a watch. Well, you get, I like them boots. You got time to feed your horse if you want to slip right out and come right back in. Y'all could find fault with the way I'm dressed, the way I comb my hair, a rooster tail. Huh? A nose that an eagle would like to buy. You can find fault with everybody. But if all you... Thank you, brother. God bless you. I love you all. What I'm trying to say is, you can spend and waste your life criticizing everybody else and the work of God and the most blessed and the greatest thing in this world will slip right through your fingers. Now instead of, instead of looking for faults, look at how this boy smile. You ever seen this boy smile? He gets nervous just looking at me. My. I warned you, I, I forgot. I was just making myself a home, Elder. I'm sorry. <laughs> Elevate your thinking. Get your mind up out of the gutter, spiritual gutter. Start looking for beauty in each other. Start complimenting the good parts, points that you see in everybody else. I enjoy that singing. I thank God for that testimony. But I want you to know I appreciate you. Recognize this is a glorious church. Compliment one another. Thank God for your brothers. Thank God for your sisters. Get enthused about where God has put you. Learn to appreciate the fact God's put you in a glorious church. He said it's without spot or wrinkle. Oh, Brother Ballester, oh, Brother Ballester, just, it's not a glorious church, Brother Ballester. Glad you brought that up. Do you, how many of you here believe God is going to come after a glorious church? How many believe He's going to present to Himself a glorious church? Hmm? Come on now, I want to see your hand. Okay, when does it become glorious? Oh, I know. It becomes glorious five seconds before He comes. 
Okay, I'll buy that. Five seconds. If it can become glorious five seconds before it comes, then I submit to you it can be glorious for five minutes before it comes. If five minutes, then five hours. If five hours, then five days. If five days, then five weeks, or five months, or five years, or fifty years. I'm trying to say right now, it's a glorious church. Quit looking at the thorns and start looking at the roses. Quit trying to find the tares and look at the wheat. God will take care of the tares. God's going to take them all together in the last day. He'll handle the tares. Tares is not your business and it's not my business. It's God's business. I said it's God's business. Quit trying to do God's business for him. And you go ahead and be wheat. You go ahead and be a rose. You go ahead and be the best that you can be for God. Ten to nine. I'm going to be done by nine o'clock if it cripples every cow and stay loose in. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to make a special dispensation right here. Nine minutes. Queen of Sheba. She came to see Solomon to inquire of his knowledge concerning many things, of which I believe even concerned concerning the Lord, concerning the Lord. And she got there and she sat down. And she watched how he had the table all set. She watched how the servants all waited on everybody. She looked and she noticed how everyone was dressed in the order of the ceremony. She was impressed. And she talked with him concerning his thinking on judgmental things and proprieties and moralities and things that monarchs would talk about. But then he took her to the temple and he had on his going to church clothes my lord even looked better than old Langston over here and he I mean he got up to the temple now I want you to know in the Old Testament the temple held the treasures the earthly treasures and the spiritual treasures of the Jewish people if there was anything important to their culture it was the temple if there was anything rich in type and in ceremony and beauty, it was the temple. The temple was their life. It was the center of their heartbeat. And when they went to the temple, they went to the house of God, they were confronting God himself face to face. And the queen of Sheba watched Solomon as he ascended the stairs, going to the house of God. And as he walked up those stairs, going to, the, going to church, all of the strength just oozed out of her body. Her knees got the collie wobbles. She, uh, she passed out. She fainted. She swooned. The life was gone up. She couldn't have it. It was too glorious. It was too marvelous for words. I am trying to tell you that the Bible said, if that glory, which is done away, if that was glorious, then what we have is much more glorious. Much more glorious. For God's sake, sing about this place. Brag about this place. Talk about this place. Think on this place. Testify about this place. This is a glorious church. This is a glorious church. Life Tabernacle is a glorious church. Everybody say that. Life Tabernacle is a glorious church. Stand on your feet and say it like you mean it. Life Tabernacle is a glorious church. Let's raise our hands and praise God right now. Show it. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. The Bible said the king's daughter is all glorious. Who is she? Looking forth of the morning, fairs the moon, clears the sun. Terrible. That's another word for glorious. Glorious as an army with banners. Who is it? It's the church. It's the bride of Christ. The Bible call it a glorious church. I thank God I'm in a glorious church. It's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Are you in the church triumphant? 
Praise God. Let's raise our hands once again and worship the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship God here tonight and thank God for where He's brought us. We're getting ready for camp meeting. Praise God. And I want us to enter in this week a camp meeting, realizing this is a glorious thing. It's a glorious church. And in a glorious church, we feel a glorious God. We receive glorious blessings. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Watch. In the blood of the Lamb. Everybody sing it. Well, it's a glorious church without spot or in the blood. Come on, put your hand together. Sing it with me. Well, it's a glorious church without spot or in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, it's a glorious church without Spottering God, what in the land of the Oh, 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 oh,
lift our hands and love him this evening. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. How many of you feel like we've been to church tonight? Feeling like it's camp meeting around here tonight. I, I, thought it, I thought it was very proper that we have Brother Ballester preach for us tonight because some of you would not be able to hear him during the week. How many have been blessed by the preaching of the word of the Lord tonight? It's a glorious church. And to all of us who can possibly be here during the daytime, you're in for a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen. And we have folks driving all night tonight from different parts of the country coming in for tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And uh, we want you to be here. Praise God to hear the good word of God. I just feel like, amen, I was glad when they said to me, it's church time. Glory to God. Amen, amen. 1 o'clock tomorrow. Tomorrow night, the Dysons are going to be with us in the Melville Orchestra. And we're just going to have church. Amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord just a little more. Well, it's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, it's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle.